to Project Vox Populi, where the people speak their truth. Welcome to Project Vox Populi, where the people speak their truth. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas, and I want to thank you for joining me. Please visit VeritasRadio.com to listen to the entire episode. It's been a while since we conducted an interview for Fox Populi. It's not that often that someone with an important story is willing to talk. Sometimes they approach us, we conduct a pre-interview, and then the person disappears or is afraid to come forward. This has been the case with a few that we're still working on. Tonight, we will hear the story of a man who was never into anything that we may consider paranormal. He was not into UFOs or extraterrestrials. In fact, he will tell you himself he frowned upon anyone who discussed the topic. It wasn't until he went through his own experience, along with his family and multiple witnesses, that he changed his opinion on the subject. What you're about to hear will make you wonder, who does a hardworking single father go to for help? after experiencing something he cannot share with anyone for fear of losing his job, his livelihood, but most importantly, his children. Luckily for him, he has found a top-notch and ethical investigator who is helping him put the pieces together so he can reconcile his experiences, his mission, his new abilities, and a very important message for humanity. Even though we requested some of his material to share with you, his case is still under investigation, and his investigator would prefer to fully conclude with the investigation before fully going public with the material. However, he has provided some images that he has allowed me to share with you. They're on our website, along with this interview. Tonight, we present the story of Eric Mitchell, right now on Vox Populi, the voice of the people. And welcome to Vox Populi, where the people speak their truth. And as you may have heard me say lately, the discussion of nuts and bolts when it comes to UFOs will now take a back seat. I'm interested in listening to those who have had an experience. And tonight, we have one of those. His name is Eric Mitchell. One of our listeners really compelled me to contact uh, Eric a few weeks ago. We spoke on the phone and I briefly became aware of his experience. But tonight, I want him to go from A to Z. And I want him to know, first of all, that there's absolutely no censorship. There's no judgment. There's absolutely nothing to worry about. So without further ado, let me introduce Eric Mitchell. Eric, welcome to Veritas and Vox Populi. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Right from the beginning... Give us some background of yourself so that the listeners can get a perspective of who you are. Well, I'm uh, definitely not one of those people that lived in a small town and uh, knew everybody their whole life. Uh, I moved around quite a bit. I was born in Providence, Rhode Island, East Providence, um, and moved around uh, pretty much every two months since then. <clears throat> uh, learned a lot. I uh, got a great worldview of things, or at least I thought I did. Um, lived in California, Arkansas, all over the country. And um, 
there's not too much to tell. I mean, there's a chapter after chapter, you know, how life goes. And, uh, you know, I ended up uh, marrying, I ended up adopting some children and uh, raising them as well as my own children. And um, that seemed to be more of a career to me than any career I've ever had. You know, it was really important for me to have a family. And uh, so uh, that's uh, pretty much where I've been. Uh, went through a divorce. Uh, times got hard. Um, became the single father. And um, I've been struggling with that ever since, but uh, happily for the most part. Um, I moved into a small apartment. I uh, was a homeowner. Um, but uh, my age, you know, I look a lot younger than what I am, or at least people tell me that. I, uh, you know, it was hard to lose everything and uh, uh, try to start back with it all. And uh, so we moved into a, a tiny apartment, not much room, uh, adjusted. <clears throat> things got uh, a little more happy than uh, what they were in the past, you know, getting used to things. And, uh, well, things started to get really weird, uh, very weird. And um, I, I would like to say that throughout my lifetime, if maybe twice someone brought up UFOs, uh, I wasn't having it. You're crazy. You're out of your mind. <laughs> You're nuts. Get some Prozac, get some help. If you need help from me, I'll, I'll be glad to give it to you. Um, no way was I ever going to believe something like that. Um, you know, of course, everybody sits around telling ghost stories at a campfire, but, uh, you know, you, you start throwing something even crazier than that. And it, it's just ridiculous. And that's the man I was. And uh, it's not the man that I am anymore, nor can be. <laughs> I've tried. It, you, you just can't reverse this kind of process. Um, <clears throat> because it, it affects you in ways that uh, most people couldn't possibly understand. You know, you have a death in the family. You, you, uh, you go through these phases of, what? I just saw him yesterday. He was fine. You know, these whole psychological phases that you go through are pretty much the same with a lot of additives when dealing with the situation. And uh, it was uh, July 28th, I believe it was a Sunday of uh, 2013. Um, there has been things in the past that I completely do not remember. I'm reminded by friends and family, but I personally uh, don't remember sightings um, that uh, my children and I witnessed. Uh, I don't know why uh, I don't remember. Uh, but I will take you to the first time that I do. <clears throat> I was, um, by the way, when you say that you moved every two months, did you mean that literally or figuratively? Uh, literally, literally. Um, my past is, I don't know. I try to dig it up. I've been lied to quite a bit about a lot of things. Uh, my mother had married a, uh, a man from the military. Um, now, I know there's a lot of people that love to draw conclusions and conspiracy theories, uh, but uh, he was in the military. Um, later on, after his birth, did find out that uh, he was involved with trading. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I lost you there. After, after what happened to him? Uh, he was murdered. He was in, murdered, uh, okay. Yes, in November um, of 1989. Um, I, I really don't know the details. You know, people speculate and tell me what happened. Um, I was there. I saw it happen. Um, but I, some people say it was part of the military, and other people say it was just a, a quarrel between two guys. Hey, by the way, if, if you could remove your hands from the keyboard, because yeah, I can see hear the banging on the uh, microphone. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, yes. All right, Sorry, but sensitive thing these things are. 
Um, but yeah, we, we moved around a lot. My mother became quickly become a, a single mother. So we moved a lot, a better town, better economy, uh, this and that. It's really hard to do. Um, I've done it myself and, and I've got to say, you have to live it. You have to be completely dedicated to, um, to uh, raising a family. Uh oh, I lost you. All right. Sorry about that. If we have more of these, you're prepared to use your telephone in case uh, we have to? Yes, I am. As a matter of fact, I've only had a few interviews, and they've all been by phone and not Skype. I, I really have a lot of trouble with electronics. Okay. Um, Talking about okay. the murdered, uh, you murdered uh, stepfather? Is that what you said? Yes, he okay. was my uh, stepfather. Okay. Um, uh, he was murdered. Um, um, you know, my mother raised us, I guess, the best she could. And uh, we moved around quite a bit uh, just to try to, uh, I guess, sustain a, a decent um, lifestyle. And uh, it was hard for her and, and everybody else. But we, we, we grew up hard, but we grew up educated. And uh, we all uh, did great. I mean, uh, my brother, Harvard, Navy SEAL. Uh, now he's a uh, English professor. Uh, so, you know, we, we have a good, strong moral about ourselves. Um, a lot of that is going to get in the way. Uh, two hours is barely enough to uh, give the short version. Um, when you said we moved every two months, that sure. and your mother was married to a military man who was murdered. We don't want to conclude, uh, come to any conclusions without any evidence. But right. perhaps there are some connections here. Um. I don't know. That's all up to speculation, and, and that's one thing that uh, has been very dangerous to this entire subject. And I, I try to stay away from speculation as much as possible. Sure. Um, it, it really has. I mean, these kinds of things destroy people's lives, and um, speculation uh, to be a cherry on top is just a, a confusion to, to push things around. I mean, dis disinformation does a better, a good enough job by itself, I believe. Um, you know, it's, it's great to have a beer or two with a couple of buddies and say, what if this and what if that? But, um, you know, uh, with this investigation, and, and I did have a uh, paranormal investigator, and he's still a great friend of mine. We talk quite a bit, um, and he agreed to take this case, and uh, he did it to the letter. He did it nuts and bolts. He did a, a wonderful job, and um, he, he called me the great white buffalo, you know, this guy. Uh, said he's been studying this for over 40 years, you know, 25 years on the star team with MUFON. He jumped out when things got a little hairy and questionable. And uh, he's been doing it ever since uh, on his own. And um, Does he happen to be in Oregon? No, no, he's in Kentucky. Oh, Kentucky, okay. Right. He, uh, he uh, goes by Kentucky Truth Seeker on Skype. Um, I urge anybody that would uh, uh, come across this type of situation in their life to uh, contact him or someone like him because um, you, you find a bad investigator, you're going to shut down quick. You know, sure. this is an emotional uh, piece of baggage that I wouldn't guess uh, that I would put on my worst enemy. Uh, it's, it's worse than <clears throat> what one, one might be able to articulate uh, in words. <clears throat> so you were and, not into UFOs before. Oh, no. You probably no. ridiculed anybody who talked about it, as many experiences have uh, before they had their own experience. Absolutely. Take us to, to the time just before your experience. Did anything change before the experience? Uh, no. Uh, well, yes. Uh, I, I did have a near-death experience when I was 13 years old. I was hit in the head by a 22. 
and it hit my temple. It didn't go in too deep, but it was enough to cause, um, you know, uh, not any permanent damage, but it was enough to bleed me out to where, you know, I had passed away for over two minutes. Um, that experience is really long and hard to explain. Um, but I always coughed it up to, I was a dream. It was something else. It was this or that, you know, I was just always a practical guy. I never looked into the hairy kind of stuff. Um, but, um, one night I, I laid on the hood of my car and, uh, was having a lot of trouble, you know, um, flat tire, car trouble, paying bills. You know, when you're a single dad and you've got no family, it's all on you and you've got to make it work. You can't, uh, you can't not make it work. Um, so when you're stressed out like that, you hide in the bathroom or you, you go hide in your car. You just want some time by yourself. And I laid on the hood of my car and I had a cigarette, threw it down and, and I started praying. You know, I had been praying years. You know, I, I do believe in God. I always have. Um, and, um, I started to get a feeling, you know, of, um, like a warm air coming around me. And I thought for a few moments that, wow, this is a miracle. You know, something's happening. I could literally feel something. And uh, before I know it, I felt a, a, like a tap on my forehead. And um, my eyes were still closed, but I was seeing a, a tunnel. And uh, it looked uh, organic at first, and then it just looked like it was made of some kind of light, and I was moving really fast. Um, and it kind of turned and swerved and uh, freaked me out. By the time I could move my and I jumped off the hood of my car. And, you know, people will call this uh, sleep paralysis or anything like that. But listen, guys, I was wide awake. And my imagination is not that damn vivid. Not at all. I mean, I saw this thing. Uh, I jumped off the hood of my car, and I ran inside. Um, there, uh, scared the heck out of me. Uh, I sat there most of the night thinking about it and going, you know, just trying to tell myself this is some type of imagination, something. You know, I've never done drugs in my life, and I plan on never touching them. You know, I don't like taking uh, prescription medication. Uh, you, you've got side effects. For more side effects, you got to take more pills. It keeps going and going and going. I've seen the mess. I'm not going to be a part of it. Um, that night, I tried to rationalize what happened, and finally, I just had to let it go, watch a little TV, get my mind off of things. It's just whatever. Blow it off, just like the rest of us, do, you know. And uh, 4 o'clock that morning, I woke up. And I am a sleepwalker. Um, I always have been. And I woke up and I was standing a couple of feet outside my front door. Well, this is alarming because, first of all, I've never gone outside while I was sleepwalking. And second of all, I was fully dressed. I had a blue tank top. I had black slacks on and some Nike flip flops. Uh, my left shoulder was facing the door. And I lived on a dead end street, which was about 160 feet away from me at the dead end. Uh, there's 20 apartments, one story apartments. By the way, um, Eric, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I'm getting a lot of uh, feedback and your voice is cutting off a little bit. We, we're going to have to go with phone. Uh, do you remember where you were, where you left off? Uh, yes, yes. I was, okay. uh, I was standing outside of my door. Yeah. Um, my left shoulder was facing the door. Um, the end of the street was about 160 feet away. And uh, there's uh, 20 apartments and they're all in strips of four. Uh, laid facing each other and back to each other all the way to the end of the street. And uh, so it, it's a short street. Everybody knows everybody. But uh, at 4 a.m., nobody's out, and it's dark out. It's very dark, and uh, I'm 
looking, as I'm waking up, I'm looking at this bright light. And uh, I'm kind of confused for a minute. Now, what am I doing outside? What's going on? What is that construction over there? That was my first thought was construction because there's this big bright light at the end of the street. And there's just wood line, tree line right there. And um, I'm staring at it, you know, and I can feel, uh, you know, my thoughts racing, like, what is this? You know, that can't be construction, um, you know, and, and you see something you don't understand. You start to rationalize very quickly. Um, I never really gave any thought into that until that moment. But, I mean, you really try to, uh, you've got to name it. <laughs> you really have to. So um, Human nature. As I Right, right. It really is. It's a strong part of it. And, you know, I never really gave any, you know, much thought into that. But I'm looking at it uh, and, 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 and I'm, I'm thinking, you know, what in the world is that? Uh, what could it be? Um, I went inside. Uh, I looked at the clock, um, you know, for once in this case, I actually did. And it was 418. And I, I was walking around. I was thinking about it. And uh, I, I probably checked. 10 times. It was still there. It wasn't moving. It was completely still. Um, and uh, by the time it, it rolled around about 5 a.m., I came to the conclusion that this light is very bright. It's making me squint my eyes, but it's not reflecting off of anything. Um, yeah, I know that sounds really dumb on my part, but you, you really got to think, you know, I was sleepwalking. I ended up outside. Uh, my major concern was that. Uh, you know, what if I get run over by a car or something in my sleep? But um, I had to peek out again. I had to look. And sure enough, I mean, there's trees right there. There's a building right there. There's a, a light pole. There's a, the ground. Um, now, we estimated that it was 160 feet away, 60 feet off the ground, and 30 feet in diameter. So this thing is huge, you know, and it's it's right in front of my face. But all I can see is this orange glowing light. Uh, it's almost as if it's it's really hard to explain. But as you brought up before, Chris Bledsoe, my investigator, once I contacted him and, and, and started to describe these things and how they moved, he, he said, hang up the phone, uh, look up Chris Bledsoe on YouTube, and then call me back and tell me what you think. And, and I was jarred by it. Um, I listened to what how he described things. And it, it, it knocked me down. I just couldn't believe it because for me, I wanted this to be, you know, a psychological problem. You know, maybe I'm going crazy. Maybe I'm um, having delusions and things of that nature. But that's a little bit later on down the road. Uh, in my confusion throughout the day, you know, of course, life goes on. You have to go to work. I, I spent pretty much most of the day alone <clears throat> and uh, really thinking about it instead of what I was doing. And I think halfway through the day, it hit me, you know, like a ton of bricks. You know, I had witnessed ball lightning. That's what it was, ball lightning. And I'm kicking myself. I didn't have a camera. I didn't wake the kids up, you know. Uh, these things are so rare that, you know, if one sees one in a lifetime, it's like winning the lottery, you know. Uh, so I'm laughing at myself. I, I drive to the grocery store, pick up dinner, come home you know, and do the family thing and, and, and everything's just back to normal. You know, my life is not disturbed at all, even though I witnessed something incredible. Well, that night, around 9.30, I came outside. I don't smoke in the house. Um, so I went outside and, um, you know, I'm just pacing along the front of my building there and I'm looking up in that area going, wow, gosh, you know, <clears throat> that was amazing. <clears throat> Excuse me for the cough, but, uh, uh, by the end of my cigarette, I saw something. 
Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.